accent. Imagine all those kids opening the Christmas card from Grandma with a note inside that said, buy your own presents. That'd be tough, amen? Grandma's a little rough on me this Christmas. It always pays to be prepared, but especially at Christmas. Friends, it is time to prepare for Christmas. Counting today, you have 15 days until Christmas Day. It's not time to panic yet, but you better get prepared for Christmas Day. Friend, will you take the time to prepare yourself for Christmas Day? In Luke chapter 3, Luke quotes the prophet Isaiah saying in verse 4 that as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare, say prepare. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Let's pray. Father, our humble prayer is this morning that you would teach us how we can be prepared for Christmas Day this year. Speak clearly through your word. We have receptive hearts. We want to know what you said in Jesus' name. And God's church said, Amen. Amen. Those words I just shared were fulfilled in the ministry of John the Baptist. And they're not talking about some kind of construction project. They're talking about us preparing our hearts to welcome Jesus this year. This morning, I want to apply that scripture. And I want to offer you three ways that you can prepare your heart, prepare your life, to welcome Jesus on Christmas Day. We're going to begin in Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 15. In Luke 18, beginning in verse 15, Luke says, Then they also brought infants. Infants. Infants can't learn anything, can they? You better believe it. Then they also brought infants to him, to Jesus, that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter. The first way that you can prepare your heart to welcome Jesus on Christmas Day is by becoming a child again. Becoming a child again. I read that after some last-minute Christmas shopping with her grandchildren, one grandma was rushing them to the car when 
four-year-old Jason said, Grandma, Susie's got something in her pocket. She reached in Susie's pocket and pulled out a brand new red barrette. She had to take Susie back into the store and return the barrette that she had taken. But later that day, they went to visit with Santa in the mall. And Santa asked little Jason, have you been good this year? And Jason said, yeah, I've been very good, but my sister just robbed a store. <laughs> have you ever heard somebody say this? Oh, Christmas is just for the kids. Yeah? Heard somebody say that before? Oh, Christmas is just for the kids. What in the world do they mean? Do they mean that they've gotten too old to enjoy celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? It seems that Jesus thought that grown-ups ought to become more like children. Here in Luke, he tells his disciples, Guys, you don't realize how important these kids are. Children are your model. They're your model for how to enter the kingdom of God, but also how to live in the kingdom of God. And unless you become a child again, you will by no way ever get to heaven. What did Jesus mean? What was he talking about? Well, first of all, let me tell you what he doesn't mean. He does not mean that there's something wrong with growing up. But there is a big difference between being childlike and being childish. We know that children aren't always little angels, don't we? Don't we? Don't we? And so Jesus is not discouraging maturity. He's not discouraging us gaining wisdom. In fact, that's the problem with many adults. They haven't grown up. They haven't outgrown their temper tantrums. They haven't outgrown their childlike behavior. They haven't outgrown their selfishness. They haven't outgrown their unforgiveness. But friends, while there are many things that we do need to lay aside in order to grow up, there are some things that you need to hold on to no matter how old you get. Let me give you two of them. Two things that you need to hold on to, no matter how old you get, that will help you to prepare your heart to welcome Jesus this Christmas. The first is dependence. Children need somebody to care for them. Now, they can do some things by themselves, we know that, but they depend on adults to do the things that they can. Most kids don't mind this arrangement. They don't mind that they have good parents. They don't mind not having to worry about food. They don't mind not having to worry about clothes. They don't mind not having to worry about how they're getting to school. They trust their parents to take care of all that. Children are a model for us. They're a model for us for our trust in our Father in heaven. And we ought to trust Him. Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7? What man is there among you that if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, that he would give him a serpent? If you, being 
Jesus tells us that we should become more like children who depend upon their father. Now, we don't depend upon God to do what he's already equipped us to do. Right? If he's equipped us to do it, then we need to get about doing it. But he does want us to depend on him for all those many things that we cannot do. Becoming a child is simply learning to depend upon God. The second thing, the second thing that you need to hold on to no matter how old you get, that I believe will help you welcome Jesus this Christmas, is wonder. Wonder. Would you agree with me that children just see this world differently? They, they are amazed at, at simple things. They love getting down and watching ants. They love getting down and watching grasshoppers. They're, they see beauty in things that grown-ups take for granted. They hear the story of David and Goliath. They hear the story of Daniel in the lion's den. They hear the story of Jesus walking on the water, and they're amazed, and they say, tell it again, tell it again. They're amazed at those things. But we're too old for all. We don't take the time to see. We don't take the time to allow God's word to amaze us. We don't allow the time to allow God's world to astound us. We're kind of like Moses who walked upon the burning bush and instead of stopping, we just pass it right on by. And we miss the living God. And we miss the opportunity that God has waiting to dazzle us with his Shekinah glory. And that's why for many people, Christmas is just another day. They don't really take the time to look at that baby in the manger and to think about who he is. They don't take the time to look at that baby in the manger and think of all the things he's done. To think about why did he come? They stopped wondering. And they started wondering. Jesus calls us to become children again. To look at the world around us, to look deep into his word. And to let him amaze us, to let him astound us, to let him dazzle us with his greatness. And with its goodness. What if you began practicing depending on God just a little bit more? And you began worrying and fretting a little bit less? What if you took the time to just stop? Stop what you're doing. Stop and look around at the wonder of God's world and the wonder of God's word. And the wonder of not just what God did back then, but the wonder of what he's doing today. What if you took the time to just stop and just take in the wonders, not of only what God did in the word back then, but what he's doing in your life right now? Think of all the ways that God is at work in your life. Right now.
and, and think about what he's doing and what he has done. I think becoming a child again is a great way to prepare our heart for Christmas and to celebrate the birthday of the Lord Jesus. But there's a second one, I think. And I talked about this a little bit last week. But we need to rediscover the blessing of giving in order to welcome Jesus on Christmas Day. Louisa May Alcott wrote a book entitled Little, Little Women. And in that book, one of the characters said, Christmas won't be Christmas without any presents. Now, some Grinchers will tell you that's exactly what's wrong with Christmas. That everybody thinks that Christmas is all about giving and receiving presents. Well, I don't think that's what's wrong with Christmas. Do you? I don't think that's what, what's wrong with Christmas. In fact, I think this Alcott is probably right. Christmas isn't really Christmas without giving and receiving. But here's the key. If you want to prepare your heart for Christmas, if you want to welcome the Lord Jesus on Christmas Day, then you really need to rediscover the blessing of giving. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, the Apostle Paul is saying his last goodbyes to some dear friends. And he wants to leave them with some words that will help them stay faithful to God. He wants to leave them with some words that will help them to enjoy the blessings of God. And amidst everything else that he says, he quotes the words of the Lord Jesus himself. And they're words found nowhere else in the Bible, except right here in Acts. They're words found nowhere, not even in the Gospels of Jesus Christ. In Acts 20 and verse 35, to the receiver. 
do it. Would you rather give something or receive something? If you're honest with yourself, I know the answer. See, our world is a whole lot more into getting than giving. Kids make a list of what they want to get for Christmas, not what they want to give for Christmas. We walk into Walmart and we spend thousands of dollars for ourselves and for our families, and then when we walk outside, we hear what's going on outside. The bell, the Salvation Army bell, what do we do? A little bit of change in there. We don't mind buying presents for others, but they better buy me a present too. Come on. And if I spend $20 on their present, I better not open mine and find out it came from Dollar General. <laughs> Come on. It said we don't give gifts, we exchange gifts. Isn't that how we think? Come on. Y'all aren't that religious yet. Be honest with yourself for a second. Don't most of us feel just the opposite of Jesus' words? Don't most of us think that it's more blessed to receive than to give? That's what we think. Now, friend, I'm not saying that it's wrong to get presents, and I'm not saying that it's wrong to exchange gifts. I like getting gifts just like the next person. But here's what I'm telling you. Here's what Jesus and Paul is telling us. Listen up. The blessing and pleasure of receiving doesn't compare with the blessing of giving. That's what the Bible's teaching us. That the blessing of receiving a gift cannot compare to the blessing of giving one. Think about it. How many times do you unwrap a gift and you get all excited about it? Oh, what a great gift! But then two months down the road, you can't even remember what you got for Christmas. Children wait all that time to open the toy that they can't do without. Then a week later, the dog chews it up and it ends up in the dumpster. Yeah, that diamond necklace sure is pretty. But how long does it take before it begins to lose its sparkle? Let me tell you a joy that never fades away. Let me tell you a joy that will follow you into eternity. When you give a toy to a child who don't have any hair. When you bring food or give money for food to somebody who would otherwise go hungry.
what you have when somebody who everybody else has forgotten. That brings joy. When you give your time to visit a shut-in who is drowning in loneliness, Those lights. 
the Lord Jesus called himself the light. The light of the world. And he calls you and I to be lights to the world. And here, Paul echoes that same sentiment. He pictures a world without Jesus Christ being in deep darkness. And he calls his people to be a light to the world. He calls children of God to be lights in that darkness. The bottom line is that he wants us to make a difference. He wants us to live differently from the world, to cast the light of God into their lives. And when everybody else is griping and fussing and whining and moaning, we're going to practice being content, practice being thankful, practice being loving. Even if the people you work with are selfish and careless, they don't think about the Lord and nothing they do, we can't. Shine as lights. We ought to be right, blameless and harmless without following this perverse generation. Friends, can I tell you, we ought to be shining, shining in this world we live in. Jesus said, let your light so shine. Say it. Shine. Say it again. Shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Shine. no other time of the year besides Christmas do Christians get the ability to shine like we do on December 25th. Man, where, where the people are, uh, at school, at work, where you live, so many of those people, they don't understand what Christmas is all about. They don't get it. They don't understand. Yeah, they may connect Christmas with Jesus' birth, but they really don't connect what happened then with what's happening now. They don't get it. They may connect Jesus and the Christmas with what happened back then in Bethlehem, but they don't connect it with what's going on in their lives right now. They don't connect it with what uh, might be going on in their own life and what might happen as a result of their own death. They just don't make that connection to them. Jesus' birth may have little or absolutely nothing to do with how they live or with how they die. Christmas is your chance to shine. So shine. And by shine, I don't mean show off how good looking you think you are. Amen? Or how not good looking they are. It's time to show people how a baby born in Bethlehem can make a difference. It's time to shine to show how a baby born in Bethlehem can change lives. My, my. He came to change lives. To give peace with God. To give purpose in people's lives. And to give hope even after death. He came to change lives. Your job as a light, your job as a light shining in this world is to show them why Jesus came. And it's not going to happen by accident. It's going to have to be intentional. You're going to have to prepare yourself to shine for Jesus. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to ask him for opportunities to share his love with other people. You're going to have to take time to make a difference. And when 
changed my life. It's all because of him. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 3.15, In your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. And always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. Always be prepared. So let me challenge you this Christmas to shine bright. Bright and beautiful as a light of God's love in this world. There are folks living in darkness. And they desperately need somebody to shine a light. Will it be you? You can be that light. You can be that light. You can be that light if, say if, if I prepare myself, say it. If I prepare myself to welcome Jesus at Christmas. So this year you can survive another Christmas season. This year you can gripe and complain about all the bother. This year you can yawn as you hear the Christmas story again. This year you can be glad when the whole thing's over. Or this year, you can prepare yourself to welcome Jesus this Christmas by becoming a child again, rediscovering the blessing of giving, and shining like lights in this dark world that we live in. How is Jesus calling you to prepare your heart this morning? How is he calling you to prepare your heart to welcome him on Christmas? Father in heaven, Lord God, Thank you that when we were yet sinners, you demonstrated your love toward us in that you gave your son. Father, we didn't do anything to deserve that. It was your unmerited favor. It was your incredible, matchless, undeniable grace. And Father, this Christmas, we just want to say thank you. Lord, we want to never cease to be amazed at the wonder of what you did for people you love. Lord, we depend upon you for that. And Lord, I pray that this Christmas we would model you, follow you in how you gave. You gave that that was so precious to you. Lord, help us to give, too. Help us to give what we want to someone who doesn't have what they need. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, you would help us to shine his light. Shine his light in a dark and perverse world. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you have spoken to each one of our hearts today. And Lord, I pray for that one who doesn't have a clue what I'm talking about. All they think Christmas is is a sad cause and presence. Lord, I pray that today they realize that Christmas is because of Jesus. And that Jesus is given to us that he might change our lives both here on earth and for all eternity. Lord, if there's somebody who wants to place their faith in him and in him alone so that they know they're going to heaven, 
upon you when you will love. So, Father, during this decision time, Lord, I pray that you would minister to our hearts through the Spirit of God. And Lord, you speak to us about the things that need to change, about the adjustments we need to make, about the things we need to do to prepare ourselves to welcome Jesus this Christmas. Father, let our decisions honor you. In your Holy Son's name.